Pet food bags are covered in pretty pictures of healthy food, but the highly processed pellets inside are far from it. Make the switch to The Farmer's Dog. It's real food made fresh and delivered right to your door. The Farmer's Dog worked with top vets to create ready-to-serve meals using fresh, human-grade meat and vegetables. They contain everything your dog needs to stay healthy and nothing they don't. Go to thefarmersdog.com slash listen to save 50% on your first box with free shipping. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. This program is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any illness. Please speak with your doctor when starting a new health program. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Wellness Talk, and I'm George Batista, as always, your host and wellness advocate. Wellness Talk is the show that goes over the latest in health and healing and nutrition and supplements. And Happy New Year to one and all. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day, and hope uh, you guys are getting ready for what we hope is a fantastic year. I mean, the year can only get better if you think about it, right? So, anyway... uh, I know some of you may have your resolutions ready to go, and um, we all know that uh, gyms, <laughs> particularly in the new year, start to see an uptick in memberships. And then, of course, half of those memberships go by the wayside by you know month three or month four. But I'm assuming that if you're listening to this program, you're keeping yourselves healthy and you're working out all the time, so we don't have to worry about that type of stuff. All right. So remember, as always, to like, share, and subscribe wherever you're listening to. As always, we're on MeWe, BitChute, Rumble, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So just make sure you're sharing this information wherever you can, because we want to try to get this information out as much as we can. And um, always, PlatinumNutritionals.com or GeorgeBatista.com is where all the articles that we go over are housed. So check those out. So what are we going to go over this week, George? Well, first of all, we're going to talk about, uh, how about a little help for the holiday bloat? <laughs> Those of you who like myself as well, because I know I ate so much this holiday season, probably more than I've done in previous holiday seasons, because there was so much food. <laughs> there was just, you know, when you have friends and family and everybody cooks and everybody brings something, it's just so much food to, you know, and you want to try to taste everything and you're... You know, you're trying to do whatever you can to um, keep yourself in check. But, you know, those, that that thing where you kind of let yourself go a little bit during the holidays and then afterwards you get yourself back on track. So this is a uh, an article from Wellness Resources, Linda Doberstein. This is Help for the Holiday Bloat. So she's got some great tips on what you can do if you find yourself bloated or dealing with digestive issues, especially after the holiday season or during the holiday season. So some things that can help to um, eliminate that as much as possible. Then, dietary supplement use by individuals living with and beyond cancer. And this is by the University College London. So a lot of folks, a lot more folks now are using supplements not only to try to prevent cancer, but also folks who are actually living with cancer and are, you know, are fighting cancer. So we're going to go into the numbers of actually how many people are actually 
uh, doing that. And uh, it may be surprising how many people are actually taking dietary supplements to try to deal with that. So, And I've talked about it in the past, so we'll go into that as well. Then by Dr. Joseph Mercola, this is an article this that says, this nutrient deficiency is associated with depression. So we're going to talk about what the basic nutrition deficiency that is, that is becoming associated more and more with depression. You know, depression is a, is a huge ongoing issue these days, especially in the last couple of years with the pandemic. Depression uh, has gone up, suicide has gone up. So we're going to talk about um, at least trying to mitigate that with some, you know, with dealing with some nutritional deficiencies. Hopefully that can help. And yeah, hopefully that can help with those. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about a process in your body known as methylation. And methylation has to do with genes and epigenetics. So I'll explain what methylation is and what epigenetic is and what we can do to affect our genes because our genes are not set in stone. And this is what the medical mainstream would want to have you think that your genes are actually set in stone. There's nothing you can do about it. Now we're talking, we're not talking about genes when it comes to hair color and eye color and, you know, your, you know, your, your height and weight and all that type of stuff. That's something different. We're talking about genes when it comes to health. Okay. So we'll talk a little bit about that and I'll just kind of, uh, do a little bit of a classroom on the air for those of you who don't know what methylation is and why it's important when it comes to genes. And finally, um, I'm going to play a clip of a, a very prominent immunologist and a microbiologist. And uh, this gentleman, um, he's, he was interviewed and, and he talks about the relationship between your immune system, vaccines, especially the COVID vaccines, as well as the virus itself and and how your immune system reacts when it comes to a, vi- a vaccine versus how it reacts when it comes to a virus. And he has some fantastic insights on, and it's, a, it's not a long clip, it's probably about three, three to four minutes, but it's a very powerful clip and I think it's very important for you guys to check it out because he has some huge insights on the immune system and how it actually works with the virus and why he's saying that this virus is nothing new. And obviously there's a hysteria about (laughs) viruses out there, but um, I just want to show you his take on it because it's a very interesting take. And again, this is one of the most prominent immunologists probably in the world right now. So um, he came out of retirement actually to talk about this and why he's trying to alleviate some people's fears when it comes to viruses and... um, yeah, so I think it's going to be important for, to check that out. So that's what we got on tap. It's a lot of information to share today. So let's get started. Now, those of you who are dealing with holiday bloat and or indigestion or digestion uh, problems during the holiday season because you ate so much food, so much rich food, <laughs> this is Help for the Holiday Bloat by Linda Doberstein Wellness Resources. So she goes over a few of those issues here in this article, and she talks about the best supplements that we recommend for those issues. Now, obviously, you guys know that Wellness Resources is the number one company that we recommend on this show, so all supplements referenced in this article will be from Wellness Resources. Now, if you're dealing with um, issues because you've eaten so much sugar and white flour and fat and carbonated beverages and stuff like that, and you have indigestion and stuff like that, 
The first supplement that we would always recommend would be digestive enzymes. Now, Wellness Resources has a fantastic supplement called Digestive Helper, and this supplement provides plant-based enzymes that help break down proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. It also contains special enzymes that help break down uh, gluten and dairy and casein. So obviously we know that gluten sensitivity or even dairy and casein sensitivity is a big issue for people, okay? So if you find yourself dealing with those issues, you may definitely benefit from taking some digestive enzymes, probably one or two capsules right before a meal can pretty much help with that. So I would check those out. Next would be protein digestion and stomach acid. Now some individuals may experience indigestion with a large serving of protein, things like roast beef, or steak, or chicken. So if you've eaten a lot of protein or meals like that, and you find yourself a couple of hours later dealing with a lot of gassiness and belching, you may be lacking in stomach acid, okay? So, um, you know, you have to understand that stomach acid production requires certain things for it to be in tip-top shape. So those things are thiamine, or B1, zinc, and salt. A lot of people don't realize that that salt is also required to make stomach acid. And this is part of the issue also with a lot of doctors who take people, you know, or, or recommend people get on a salt-free diet, let's say for high blood pressure, but that can also cause other problems because it actually can affect digestion, okay? So keep those things in mind. Now, many individuals lack adequate theamine uh, intake relative to their needs. So high carbohydrate intake, you know, for example, like white flour or sugar, dramatically increase the need for thiamine and B1 in your diet. Okay. So also things like alcohol and high sugar beverages like sodas and iced tea and cappuccinos and lattes also deplete thiamine. So you have to make sure that you're getting enough of those B vitamins. So especially during, you know, this time of year, again, when you're eating a lot, right? Zinc, is the second highest trace mineral in concentration in the body after iron. But zinc also is essential for digestive health, okay? Uh, Stomach acid, again, stomach acid production and breakdown of carbohydrates, in addition, obviously, to its immune-boosting properties. So zinc is essential in this. So you got to make sure you have adequate zinc in this um, this whole process of digestion. Now, if you eat something that may not agree with you, definitely use digestive enzymes uh, to help break down the food, but also other things may be helpful. Extra quercetin, bromelain, papain, curcumin, and or turmeric, and ginger can be ver- very helpful too because these things also are anti-inflammatory, right? So a lot of times when you're eating those types of meals, you end up getting some kind of inflammatory process in your stomach or in your in your intestines. So these things can help to help with the breakdown process and help also to mitigate that inflammatory process. Now, also things to consider if you're dealing with bloating, okay? Um, Things that can help to reduce bloating could be um, oregano oil, uh, a product called turmeric gold, okay, which is a powder that Wellness Resources has. I've used that powder. It's a fantastic powder and it's very absorbable, also things like monolaurin, and also a product called Super Immune Booster, along with the digestive help or digestive enzymes. And these products may also be used once the bloating starts, okay? So you can use those. Again, those will help also with the issue of inflammation as well, okay? 
Now, you can also use other products um, if you're dealing with excessive cravings, okay, or if you're dealing with issues with gut flora or gut gut barrier or insulin or blood sugar management issues in this whole in this whole process here. So things you can look at, top choices would be GI and muscle helper, curcumin, um, gluco plus, uh, and lepti slim, and also a product called fiber helper. Again, fiber can assist with a lot of these concerns because fiber is also going to help, you know, stabilize blood sugar if you're eating way too much in this whole uh, holiday season. Now, what if you're dealing with queasiness? Okay, so no, obviously you may be dealing with leftovers or food that's been left out a little too long, okay? So, um, you know, if the food sat out a little too long, consider products like oregano oil with the digestive enzymes. Also probiotics, okay? Um, there's a product called Superdophilus that's very good, contains the probiotics. And also BioPure Protein for for a you know for a queasy stomach. Okay, you could also look at you know other things like um, tea. Okay, so for example, ginger tea and or peppermint tea. Also, you can use if you're dealing with any kind of queasiness in the stomach here. So again, all of these supplements are available from Wellness Resources. Okay, now the oregano oil is quite strong. So if you have a very sensitive stomach or a sore stomach, use other support. Uh, supplements like probiotics, again, or GI and muscle helper, helper or monolorn, because those will work together with the oregano oil, um, you know, to help mitigate any of the strong effects of the oregano oil. Okay, now, those of you who are taking a lot of, a lot of alcohol, a lot of people drink during the holiday season, you know, partying and stuff like that, you know. So, you know, but obviously, it, this can lead to, you know, um, a lot of things like brain fog and fatigue and stuff like that because now your body's dealing with trying to detoxif- uh, detoxify alcohol, right? So extra nu- nutritional support for this with alcohol in mind can be a daily detoxify uh, or activator plus uh, and pantothene. Um, those help to support detoxification of the liver and kidneys and help to clear brain fog. Again, great supplements. Uh, I've recommended those supplements to many, many people. Um, just other tips for a general digestion. Make sure you chew your food thoroughly until it's, you know, you get it liquid in your mouth as much as possible. Try not to, and this is something that I've dealt with as well in the past. You know, I, I, I had a big problem with almost inhaling my food pretty much because I would eat so fast. And obviously because I was trying to do a lot of things at once and you know, so when you do that, obviously, that can lead to digestive problems too, right? So it's something to think about. Try not to eat your food quickly. Try to take a bite, let it go down, and then take another bite, you know. But again, you know, keep in mind that your body gives you a full signal 15 to 20 minutes after you're, you know, you know, after you start eating. And many people who overeat tend to go way past that full signal, so... Uh, another thing to keep in mind is high amounts of stress interfere with good digestion. So emotional stress, uh, energy intensive activities engage, you know, engage the fight or flight sympathetic, you know, autonomic nervous system. Okay, so this impairs stomach acid and pancreatic enzyme production. So this stress challenges the energetics of digestion and leads to indigestion. So again, it's just something you have to think about. You know, just make sure that when you're eating. 
try not to engage in anything stressful, if at all possible. I know sometimes, you know, around the dinner table, people can uh, start to debate things and things get out of hand. So, but hopefully you you weren't have to, you didn't have to deal with that. So, and just some other things use, you know, make sure you use things like uh, herbs and greens and spices like ginger tea or peppermint tea or ginger root and stuff like that for overall digestion. So, Again, these are just uh, some strategies that you can use if you're dealing with bloating or indigestion or any kind of digestive uh, issues. Again, Wellness Resources has fantastic supplements for all that. So go to the link below uh, and click on that, and you'll be able to uh, go through all of them and um, see what's best for you. Next, dietary supplements used by individuals living with and beyond cancer. This is out of the University College London. So new research indicates that many individuals living with and beyond cancer use dietary supplements, often with the belief that products will reduce the risk of cancer occurrence. Okay, now this was published by Wiley Online in Cancer and peer-reviewed, by the way, for the uh, Journal of the American Cancer Society. Now, so they put some numbers here uh, and I think this is very, very interesting. So they, they talked about, they studied 1,049 adults who had been diagnosed with breast, prostate, and colorectal cancer in the United Kingdom. And among the major findings, they found that 40% of participants took dietary supplements. 19% of participants believed that dietary supplements could reduce the risk of cancer occurrence. Women participants meeting five... Uh, five-a-day fruit and vegetable recommendations and those believing that dietary supplements were important for reducing the risk of cancer reoccurrence were more likely to use dietary supplements. Also, participants with obesity were less likely to use dietary supplements. Uh, Fish oils were the most commonly used dietary supplements taken by 13% of participants. And calcium with or without vitamin D were the supplements most commonly used by individuals with breast, with breast cancer taken by 15%. So it's a lot more people than we thought about that are actually uh, taking supplements. Remember, this is 40% of people taking supplements, and these are people who have been diagnosed with you know, all different types of cancers. So they actually are recognizing the value of supplements. Now, again... Supplements are extremely valuable, okay? You, your body needs these supplements to make sure that enzymes and reactions are happening in your body. If those enzymes and reactions are not happening in your body, eventually this can lead to all different types of chronic conditions, including cancer. Now, I'm not saying that just because you take supplements that you may not get cancer, okay? But what I am saying is that when you are diligent about eating right, exercising, taking supplements, and making sure your bodily your body is nutritionally efficient, you're putting the odds in your favor that you will not have to deal with a cancer or, or diabetes or heart disease or whatever it is. Okay. This is something, this is a concept that mainstream medical is starting to grasp little by little. It's amazing that this is actually news to them now because we've known this. I mean, I've known this for the last 20 to 25 years and I'm not a doctor. 
So anyways, just something to keep in mind. And again, I talked in my in, in my last show, I talked about uh, someone who I worked with who was going through a cancer treatment and the doctor and myself both worked on a protocol that helped to keep their immune system boosted while they were going through their cancer treatment and their, and their immune system ended up benefiting immensely from the dietary supplements. And keep in mind that the dietary supplements were the only, were the biggest change, okay, besides the chemotherapy that this person was on, okay? So, you know, the fact that their oncologist thought it was amazing and whatever they're doing, they need to keep doing it, is a testament to how effective those dietary supplements are and is also a testament to how well the person uh, or how consistently the person is going to be taking them in the first place, right? Because supplements are only as good as the consistency with which they are taken. So just something to keep in mind um, if you want to prevent and or if you're dealing with uh, any kind of major illness such as cancer. Again, this is not saying that supplements are the only answer, but if you are if you are dealing with a cancer diagnosis and going through a cancer therapy, that type of thing, supplements can be a great adjunct to that. Okay, again, this is this is a major study out of the American Cancer Society. Interesting. Next, this nutrient deficiency is associated with depression. This is by Dr. Joseph Mercola. Now, research published in December 2021 using the data from the Irish Longitudinal Study discovered that uh, those with a vitamin B12 deficiency had a greater risk of symptoms of depression. Now, keep in mind, according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, uh, 264 million people worldwide live with symptoms of depression. And in 2017, roughly 17.3 million adults in the U.S. had experienced at least one major depressive episode. Okay, so... Now, B12 is extremely important. Why? Because B12 is, is released from food by the activity of, of you know, hydrochloric acid and gastric protease in the body and saliva in the mouth. So, and in 1999, it was estimated that B12 deficiency affects up to 15% of people over the age 60. And by the way, in previous shows, I talked about B12 deficiency and the possibility of Alzheimer's, right? So this is the possibility of people dealing with depression. Now, the study published in the British Journal of Nutrition sought to evaluate the relationship between uh, vitamin B12, folate, and the incidence of depression in older individuals living in a community. So there were 3,849 individuals over age 50 included. Now, the researchers found that even after controlling for factors such as chronic disease, cardiovascular disease, antidepressant use, physical activity, even vitamin D status, the older adults who had a B12 deficiency had a 51% increased risk of developing symptoms of depression during the four years of the study. 51%, so pretty much over half. So that is quite significant, and it shows you how important B12 is, right? Now, other things also that other nutrient deficiencies that are also associated with depression as well uh, includes vitamin D and low omega-3. Now, vitamin D deficiency may result from obviously limited exposure to sunlight, that type of thing, or poor conversion, but also omega-3 fatty acids, because they are essential for brain health and muscle activity, 
Um. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Market. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. You know, a lot of people are deficient in that as well, especially if they're not eating fish on a regular basis. They're not taking their omega-3 supplements. So all these things can lead to higher risk of depression, but B12 is a big one. Because, um, you know, B12 has to do with a lot, not only with cognitive decline, but issues with detoxification, you know, low energy in general. Um, There's this whole bunch of things that, you know, B12 deficiency can lead to, which leads me right to my next topic, which is methylation. So I want to talk a little bit about what methylation is and how, and how it impacts your genes. Okay, because a lot of people don't know what this is, and a lot of doctors don't even test for or don't do any kind of genetic testing for this. So, and this affects a lot more people than you would think. So, first of all, let's talk about genes for a second. Genes, you know, again, a lot of doctors or a lot of the medical community have this notion that genes are set in stone, and they are not. Again, we're not talking about genes for the hair or genes for you know, the color of your eyes, those types of things, okay? Those are blueprints, right? Genes in general are blueprints, if you really think about it. But when we talk about genes, we're talking about specifically family history. Uh, You know, I'm sure you've heard doctors say, oh, you have a family history of heart disease, you have a family history of cancer, you have a family history of this or that, okay? There is a science now known as epigenetics, Right, So we've had the science of genetics, and now we have the science of epigenetics. And epigenetics is basically a science that states, and again, I'm going to generalize a lot in this because it can get very, very complicated, but I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible. But epigenetics says that you actually control your genes, and you control whether your genes turn on and off based on your lifestyle. Okay, so... Genes that code for all different types of illnesses may not be expressed if you are living a lifestyle and bathing those genes in the proper nutrition that they need to keep them off. Simple as that, okay? So what does methylation have to do with this? Methylation is the metabolic process that switches the genes on and off and repairs the DNA. So... It is the body's process of what adding what's called a methyl group to another molecule. So it, and it happens thousands and thousands of times in your body. So you have to remember that your body is constantly repairing, and then it's adding a methyl group, and it's 
It's going back and forth between repair and breaking down and building. That's a normal process in your body. Well, your your genes and methylation are a, a big part of this process. So the crucial activity of methylation affects how genes turn on and off. And this actually affects how the genes get expressed in you and you know, if you're going to have a child or if, you ha- if you've had a child or, you know, that type of thing. So now the big genes that are affected by this, uh, there's one of them that's called the MTHFR gene, okay? And why is this important? Because the MTHFR gene, if it's not working properly, it's not going to enable you to convert the nutrition or the vitamins that you have in your system properly to be able to detoxify or to be able to repair DNA. Now, why wouldn't the gene work properly? Well, because nearly 60% of the population is estimated to have one or more genetic single nucleotide polymorphisms, or what's often known as a SNP, an SNP, basically. And that SNP affects the MTHFR gene. So the SNP is what they call a genetic variation. And the SNP affects how well the body turns, you know, active or non-active vitamins into active vitamins. So as an example, uh, in order for methylation to happen at the MTHFR gene site, it needs folate or, or, right, folic acid, right, turns into folate. Well, when you take in folic acid, your body converts it to folate. And part of that process happens at the MTHFR level in order for it to do its job. So if it's not working properly or you don't have enough folate in your diet, then those processes may not be happening, okay? Um, Now, keep in mind that the two most important nutrients required for providing methylation activity are vitamin B12 and folate, okay? Those are are the big two. Now, there are others involved with it as well, okay? So there are others like most of the B vitamins are involved in methylation. There's another compound called trimethylglycine. Uh, There's a There's other compounds called methionine and taurine. So there's a lot of compounds, but the ones we know a lot about and are are the most common are the B12 and the folate. And now, so if those things aren't happening, if methylation is not happening, I'm going to just tell you briefly what that can affect. So it can affect your cells, cholesterol, um, cognitive health detoxification pathways and detoxification of heavy metals and hormones and chemicals, um, estrogen metabolism, uh, histamine production, heart health, uh, immune health, kidney function, obesity, skin health, thyroid health, uh, neurotransmitter production and brain chemistry. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, right? So one would think that this could be a big problem, especially if 60% of the population are known to have some kind of polymorphism. But again, this is not often tested. So when people go into the doctor and have these problems, a lot of times it can be stemming from that problem. And of course, you know, they label it whatever the issue is or whatever the diagnosis is without testing for that. So 
The moral of the story is that you have to make sure that you have enough B12 and folate in your diet, okay? And now, the reason why I know this very well is because my wife is one of those folks that uh, has a methylation problem. And the reason why we found that is because we went to our functional medicine doctor um, and he did some tests and he actually did some heavy metal tests on her and he found that her lead and her heavy metals were really, really high. So what he did was he did some more testing and he did the uh, normal test for this, uh, for the genetic polymorphism and he found that that MTHFR gene was exactly that. She had a SNP that was not allowing these things to convert properly. So the answer to it was make sure that you are taking a supplement that contains the activated form of B12 and the activated form of folate. So so for example, the supplements that I always recommend are always activated because remember, when you take in the, when you take in the inactivated form, it has to be activated and converted in order for it to work properly in your system. So that's why I always recommend the activated form of B12, which is methylcobalamin, and the activated form of folic acid, which is methylfolate. Okay, and wellness resources supplements and you know their their B vitamins and are are always activated in the always coenzyme form. And by the way, you can also have a polymorphism for vitamin D as well. Okay, there are people that even if they're out in the sun, they, their vitamin, because remember when you get vitamin D, it's not activated until it goes into your system, right? So you may get, you may get the sun rays and it goes into your system. Then it gets activated by your liver and your kidneys and that type of thing. But there are people that have a SNP for vitamin D and vitamin D does not get converted properly. So these things do happen. And also other things, uh, medications, they, they deplete nutrients involved in methylation, like B12 and, and B6 and folate and choline and all these other things. So that's, that's also something you have to consider. And you also have to consider that you need adequate intake of these things if you are um, planning to be pregnant or if you are pregnant, right? That's why if you're going to take a multivitamin when you're pregnant, make sure that it, that it has the activated forms of B12 and folate and all these things because you want to make sure that your offspring is going to have enough of those nutrients because remember your body is dividing the nutrients basically in half now between you know your your you know the your baby basically and the mom right the baby and the mom so you know these are all things to consider but this process of methylation it's a very important process in your system and if it doesn't happen one of the things that happens is you get a buildup of what's called homocysteine homocysteine is a very uh, troublesome, uh, um, inflammatory marker. So what happens is if your body's not methylate, methylating properly, your homocysteine goes way up and this can leave you very susceptible to heart problems, heart disease, stroke, um, all different types of inflammatory processes, inflammatory problems in your body. So if you have that activated B vitamin, for example, and everything's working properly and you're methylating properly, then that homocysteine gets cleared out and the cycle goes back around and it ends up being cycled back to something called methionine. And methionine is pretty much uh, a methyl donor in and of itself and everything's working properly. So 
again, uh, methylation is a whole kind of a circle process of of uh, of inactivating uh, inflammatory processes and recycling and going back and forth. And if your body's doing this properly, you're you're good to go. And if you're not, it things can build up. So anyway, um, I say that um, to say that uh, if you are going to take a look at some supplements. Um, Look at the ones that have the activated forms of B vitamins and folate. Daily energy multivitamin is one. Super coenzyme B complex is another. Daily prenatal multivitamin is one. Uh, as well, all these from wellness resources because they they make sure that everything is activated and uh, will work properly in your system. So anyway, that's kind of a crude definition of methylation, a uh, very simple definition definition of methylation that you know it it gets even more complicated than that but um it's just something to keep in the back of your mind and again i wish more doctors were were testing for this but unfortunately like usually naturopaths and functional medicine doctors are the ones that are really going to take the time out and look at these things um but at least you kind of know that this you know these are problems that that people do have but Part of the solution is if you get on the right supplements, uh, it can help to mitigate that. So just something to keep in mind. All right, so now I want to play a clip. And this is about a three-minute clip or so. But um, And I'm going to set this up because I have been saying for a while now when it came to this pandemic that boosting your immune system would, should be the number one priority and that this pandemic most likely will be endemic, and it seems like it is, because, um, you know, when you just look at what's going on right now, whether it's with vaccines or whatever, and again, whether somebody wants to get a vaccine or not is their business, but one thing that you cannot dispute is, is the fact that the vaccines are basically leaky. So in other words, people are getting it and spreading it whether they are vaccinated or not. So with that said, I have said that I think everyone at some point is going to be exposed to COVID and, you know, in whatever, in whatever form it is and the best thing you need to do, okay, if, even if you're vaccinated is to make sure that your immune system is as boosted as possible so you are ready to deal with it. And this way, maybe it's a cold for you instead of it being a very serious problem. Okay, I know that it's not a sexy thing. I know that the medical complex doesn't like to hear that and they don't promote that. And there's many, many reasons for that. And it's it's borderline criminal that they don't even mention it. But that's besides the point. But again, it's something that I'm going to talk about on this channel because this channel is all about staying healthy and taking responsibility for your health. And that's what people need to do. You need to stop relying on the CDC and the NIH and, and the federal government or whatever to think they're going to try to help you because they have, they have everything they have been said, they have said has been wrong. You know, it's just, it's just been wrong and they refuse to admit that, but we're seeing it right in front of our eyes. So I say that to say this, we want to boost the immune system. We want to keep ourselves healthy and do whatever we can to do so. And part of my job on this show is to help you and give you the tips to do that because I want to empower you so you don't have to rely on anybody else 
but yourself. Now, there's a doctor named Dr. Sakarit Bhakti, and uh, he was a guest on the Gary Null Show. Those of you who may know Gary Null. And he talked about the relationship of vaccines, these vaccines specifically, versus the immune system versus the virus. And and how the immune system recognizes the virus and how it deals with viruses in general versus the way vaccines deal with it. And I just thought it was a very, very interesting way that he put things. Now, I want to give this gentleman's background before I play this clip. So... He's an American-born physician trained in Germany and has been in the medical field now for five decades. He received his medical degree from the University of Bonn in Germany and did his postdoctoral work at at the prestigious Max Planck Institute of Immunobiology and Epigenetics before becoming an associate professor at the Institute of Medical Microbiology at Grissom University. Later, he was appointed as the chair of medical microbiology at the University of Mainz, and he has also published over 300 articles in the fields of immunology, bacteriology, and virology. So this guy is not just Joe Smith down the street. This is one of the most prestigious, uh, you know, microbiologists uh, immunologists probably on the planet right now. Okay. He's one of the most published guys out there. So he knows what he's talking about and he's been doing this for over 40 years and he was retired and he came out of retirement, um, because he was very, very troubled about how the, you know, how the government has been handling, how all these governments have been handling the pandemic. So, Um, anyway, I just wanted to kind of give his backstory so you guys can just, you know, understand who this person is. And, um, so I'm just going to play a quick clip of what he said, which I, I thought was very telling and very interesting. Um, so check this out. So, uh, the next thing that people have to realize is that it is now known. I mean, it's been known all the time that, uh, that if you inject a vaccine into your muscles, intramuscular, uh, the antibodies that this vaccine may stimulate uh, will never reach uh, the airways because these antibodies are going to be uh, produced and exported into the bloodstream. They are not exported through the linings of your respiratory tract and they do not come out uh, to face the virus when it enters the airway. Uh, this has been shown for the uh, for the inactivated vaccines now. Uh, in that same paper, there was a claim that the gene-based vaccines, the mRNA vaccines, did cause production of some secreted antibodies, antibodies that were secreted uh, through the airline air, lining of the airways, but what people don't realize is that the amounts that were measured were so minuscule, so small that in fact they were telling us again, screaming at us, this these antibodies are never 
going to be able to protect you. Because, you know, uh, the, the battle between antibodies and viruses uh, is a number game. It's like if one antibody binds to a virus spike, that antibody is gone. And each virus has many, many spikes. So each virus is going to collect up a lot of antibodies, going to consume a lot of antibodies that are not available to trap the next virus as it comes in. That's why uh, we will always keep getting infected from respiratory viruses such as corona, such as flu. There is no way to exterminate the virus, a virus that has been with us uh, since the beginning of mankind is not going to be exterminated. You can't, you can't get rid of it and you, don't, you should not want to get rid of it because the immune system knows how to, how to deal with this virus. It knows that when the virus gets into the respiratory lining, into the cells that line the respiratory tract, then it is the lymphocytes that come and take care of you. Our lymphocytes have been trained to do this since the beginning of mankind. They know this coronavirus. It is not new. It may be altered. It may be slightly mutant, mutated, but it is not new. So these lymphocytes, especially the killer lymphocytes, they recognize cells that are producing this virus, and they will go in and extinguish the fire. They will kill those cells. That's what we have our killer lymphocytes for. The lymphocytes, the our killer lymphocytes, and every one of us has these killer lymphocytes that recognize the coronaviruses because these viruses have been with us since our birth. Okay? And if the virus is not there, these viruses go to rest in the lymph nodes. And if the virus comes in, to any organ, the lymphocytes will stream out and combat those cells that are infected. And so it is clear that this, this vaccine that is making our body produce antibodies is not going to protect us because the antibodies are not in the right place in the first place. And second, we are already protected. And this is known. It's known, Gary. You have to realize that all this has been published and accepted by the scientific community. So again, this was just another perspective from a gentleman who knows what he's talking about. And um, it's just something to think about when it comes to this whole hysteria uh, and this whole pandemic. All right. So uh, anyway, that's it for today. Hope everyone has a great day. Take care, stay safe, and take control of your health.
If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen.